0: Hello out there and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am Pat Donovan, joined by the Dark Lord, Nick Ligatino.
1: You're going to slip it on him. All right, sorry. Uh, what's up, guys?
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry for that, guys. I'm sure that sounded like death.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It was just a little flip mode. You know, flip mode is the greatest. So Yeah,
0: flip mode is the greatest. <laughs> we got a good show lined up for you guys tonight. We're going to be doing some early season observations, but we have a ton of injury news to get to, unfortunately, as well. So let's kick it off where we're going to go around the diamond, kicking it off with shortstop Francisco Lindor. Uh, buyers were looking smart, but then he suffered what has been stated is a serious ankle sprain Shut down for three weeks. No timetable beyond that. If you bought, you should have some insurance there. But if you own Trey Turner, you probably do not have that insurance. Hmm. And he suffered a broken index finger. He also has no timetable. Um, So if you have a hole at shortstop, who are some names that you like, Nick? Um,
1: Shortstop actually has some pretty interesting guys that are – um, that aren't owned with a high percentage. Like I, I mean, Jorge Polanco right now is only twenty percent owned. He's super safe. Yeah, um, he's on my list definitely. Yeah, yeah he's not going to hurt you in any category, and he's struggled out of the gate a little bit. But with his plate approach, it, it's going to come together very soon. He's actually not having a a bad um start to the season. He's just not putting together any counting stats. He's not getting on on base as much. But he's a guy that I like to go twenty twenty this year with. decent average and a good opp um so he's definitely the top guy i would i would say to target another guy to target uh dansby swanson um i actually watched the 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 braves game tonight it actually just ended and he's on a tear right now and i liked dansby swanson um a couple of years ago before he came up he struggled pretty bad um but as a good contact hitting shortstop i think he's a good fill-in. he could get you a little bit of pop uh he'll get you some steals and I think he said upside as far as average goes that we haven't seen yet. I, I think he's a guy who could eventually um post like a two seventy five plus uh batting average. So I like him. The team the, the lineup is deep. He'll get you some counting stats and um, you know he's also a little safe. He's also more safe as a replacement.
0: Yeah, just a couple of names to add to yours. I, I did have Polanco on my list. Um Podcast favorite, aside from Nick, Marcus Simeon at 60%. Um, he's gotten some at-bats at the leadoff spot in recent days. I know he wasn't there today, um, but similar to Polanco, uh, some power, some speed. He is off to a nice start this year. Um, and it, even if he's is hitting towards the back of that lineup, um, it is one of the better lineups to be hitting towards the back of. Um, you can... Put together a pretty solid run and RBI total, even if you're hitting, you know, eight or nine in that lineup. Catel um, Marte is the other one at 25%. He hasn't been hitting lead off as we expected, but he's got a homer. He's got two steals, and and that two steals is particularly interesting because uh, it shows that he's he's got a willingness and um, the green light to be able to run, in my opinion. And if he's going to run at any sort of clip. Um, He's got mid-teens pop. Uh, He's going to hit around 270, and he knows how to take a walk as well. So I I think he could be a pretty nice asset uh, with health provided and be a pretty good fill-in for um, the Turner or Lindor owners Um, and readily available at 25% and a little bit of eligibility with second base as well as shortstop, and he's likely to add outfield.
1: Um, And before we move on, so I went out and tried to buy both guys. Um, do you think this uh, is a good buying opportunity to stash?
0: Um, I don't have much of an issue with buying Turner.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed.
0: Um, my issue with buying Lindor is now he's had a calf um, and now an ankle injury, and the ankle injury occurred running the bases. Yeah. And if you're going to take away some more of that speed, which I am, you know, I had already taken him from, you know, high teens type stolen bases down to the 12, 13 range. I, I mean, I probably dock him another four or five based on this. And suddenly he's starting to look like a 27, 28 Homer, eight steel guy with like, 275 batting average. It's still a nice player obviously because it's no so bad. With no setbacks. But, yeah, but that comes with, like you said, that comes with no setbacks. Cleveland looks like a mess right now. Um, that offense is a, a just a, a total mess and I don't think Lindor by himself coming back solves it. Um, so yeah, I'd have a lot of trouble probably paying what it would take to get Lindor uh, with Turner. I think I'm a little bit more willing to buy Yeah,
1: agreed. Agreed.
0: Uh, okay, let's move it to the outfield. We've got uh, quite a few uh, injuries here. We've got Giancarlo Stanton with a bicep strain, uh, shut down for 10 days, is going to be reevaluated at that point. Marcelo Zuna is going for an MRI. He's looking at a potential intercostal strain. Uh-oh. Justin Upton was the big one. He went from being ready for opening day to being out for the first two weeks to being out for two to three months. Um, (laughs) So uh, what are you looking at as a potential replacement for for these guys? Give me one under 50% and one under 25%.
1: Don't you just love fantasy baseball?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I bought bought Upton thinking, oh, well, you know, I mean – He's gonna play 150 up, some odd yeah. games. Lock it up, thirty ten, nice. Yeah. And then he stubs his tail.
1: Yeah, and then he's dead. And he's <laughs> and he's out for three months. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys that I like out there right now. I think the waiver wire. I mean, I looked at percentages, and it, to me, it's just extremely deep. Um. I'm gonna start with a super low owned guy. Um. Who, I don't think has outfield eligibility in any format. But I just want to bring him up because I'm not going to be able to at any point tonight <clears throat> as far as a fill-in. And I think this guy's a great fill-in. I want to talk about Rowdy Tellez. Um, I, oh, feel- rowdy, rowdy. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about him, but I took a deeper dive on him uh, about, about a week ago. No, actually about four days ago. And I tried to pick him up in our league, but since our league is rigged, and we can't pick people up off the wave of wire. <laughs> I wasn't able to pick him up. But there's some really, really intriguing stuff on this guy. Um, So he's got some, I mean, absolute elite, top-of-the-league numbers. He's got a 94-mile-per-hour exit velo, a 28% launch angle. And this is, this is not just this small sample size of this year. This is going back to September of last year when he got his call-up and was overshadowed by the play of Luke Voigt and other guys who came up later in the season. But 93 well, miles. It's
0: still a small sample, but it's not. It's a, still. It's, it's still not small 20 at bats.
1: Yeah, exactly. So listen, and and listen, if if he's averaging 94 miles per hour exit velo, um, in you know 75 to 100 at bats, he he's not going to go that much lower. And that's really that's an impressive number. That's Judge esque, and the launch angle is insane at 28. Um, not only that, but he's made 50 percent hard contact. Uh, this year so far, he's got a 412 OBP. He's at a 12% strikeout rate, a 12% walk rate. He's getting on base like crazy. Um, and as far as the eye test goes, I've watched the guy often. And I I think we have a Jesus Aguilar situation on our hands right now. And I think you need to go out and buy this guy ASAP. Uh, he's 3% owned. And of all the guys out there right now, he is my number one target breakout. And I'm, and I'm confident that this guy is going to really break out. So just go pick him up. Uh, I know he's not, he doesn't have outfield eligibility, but if you need the pop, this is guy to pick up. Um, I don't know if you've had, you had a chance to watch Rowdy at all. What are your thoughts on him quick?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's talented. I, I picked up on the same thing that you did, that he's kind of put together a, a nice stretch over, um, or, or I should say dating back to the end of last year. Um I I do think he's a little further down the list than the guys that I'm going to talk about, but he certainly has an intriguing set of skills. And the best part about him, in my opinion is, I mean, Toronto has dealt away since, I don't know, middle of March, they've dealt away Kendris Morales and uh, Kevin PR. And the next guy to go is Justin smoke. So Telez's playing time, isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, So, he's going to get the opportunity to rise or fall and, um, prospects of his sort of type don't usually get that sort of secure playing time because I mean, he's not, he's not a high end prospect, right? So he's an intriguing guy. That's got some skills, but he's going to get the plate appearances. And, And that's what you can say mostly about Toronto in general. Um, and speaking of Toronto, at 45%. We've got Randall Grichuk, and that is the number one target in my mind. Uh, huge power. I, I think he's a 30-homer bat in the middle of that lineup. He just got a contract extension, so you can believe he's secure. He hit another bomb. To um, He didn't hit a bomb today. He hit a bomb last night. Um, I believe he's up to three on the season now. Uh, and, you know, I know that right now that Toronto lineup looks a little tough, so – talking about back-to-back Toronto guys might not be the best look in the short term, but Vlad is coming. He's going to come up soon. Um, It's going to be sooner than later. And that lineup is simply not, it's not so putrid that this is going to continue. Uh, There is some bad luck involved. There are players in this lineup that can really hit and hit with power and hit the ball with authority um, we have mentioned two of them. Teoscar Hernandez is another. Um, you add Vlad to that mix. Um, Danny Jensen is a promising young catcher. it's 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 not a fantastic lineup by any means, but it's certainly not going to keep going at this level. And thus, I think that you might be able to buy in on guys that have some interesting skills like Kreechuk, like Tellez, um, or Talese, um, and, and get them at a relatively cheap price and be able to fill in for some of the production that went out the door with an injury to Stanton or an injury to Ozuna or an injury to Upton. Um, the other guy I want to highlight is Jay Bruce at 25%. Um, he also has three bombs already. Um, he might You might think he's ancient, but he's only 31,
1: wow. which is
0: stunning. That is shocking. Um, the swing looks really good. He looks healthy. He's dealt with the plantar fasciitis last year. He's had some knee problems last year. was a complete wash, but he's looking good. I think the demise was greatly overstated. And, I mean, if you're looking to replace Justin Upton, Bruce isn't going to give you the, you know, 8 to 10 steals, but he certainly got the ability to give you the 30 to 35 bombs. Um, and he's hitting in the middle of a surprisingly good lineup, which we're going to talk about a little bit more later. Um, okay, so then we move to Daniel Murphy. All
1: right, um, so uh, real quick, I was going to throw in Hunter Renfro. Oh, okay, there. All right. Okay. My,
0: my fault, my fault. Go ahead.
1: That's okay. First of all, I think that um, Jay Bruce might be Benjamin Button because I could have swore he was forty-five years old yesterday. I don't understand how that happened, but um, no. but I'm going with a uh, just just we're gonna bring up Loriano real quick. Um, he's only thirty-six percent owned. He struggled out of the gate and his percentage ship dropped. His percentage ship dropped a lot, <laughs> uh, but he's um, he's hitting home runs right now. He's got two bombs, and the top of that lineup is banged up. So uh, if he Keeps moving in and out of that leadoff spot. He becomes extremely valuable. And, of course, Hunter Renfro continues to crush. Keep your eyes on Hunter Renfro.
0: Oh, and if you're a, if you're a baseball fan, it's just a joy to watch Loriano play the outfield. Uh, as, as a side note, if you appreciate defense, that guy is a wizard. Um, so even if you do not own him for fantasy purposes and you just want to watch a guy just freaking go to town defensively, He's one of the most must-watch players in in Major League Baseball. He makes at least one or two flash plays every night. Okay, Daniel Murphy, uh, broken index finger as well. He's going to miss at least one month. So is it Garrett Hampson time, or are the Rockies going to keep messing around in your opinion? Well, Garrett
1: Garrett Hampson has gotten his chance um, lately, and he's been awful. I own him in our league. Um and the Rockies are gonna be the Rockies. you don't know what they're gonna do they're gonna bat him ninth, they're gonna bat him 8th um they're gonna put they're Rock- gonna play Mark
0: Reynolds they're gonna
1: play Mark Reynolds. They're gonna move people around <laughs> anything they can do to not play Brendan Rodgers and Garrett Hampson and their best players um but yeah, I think that does it does open up playing time of, of course for uh for, for Hampson, but I just I, there's no way he cracks the top of that lineup. Anytime soon, and he's he's struggling right now. He needs it but he needs to start hitting.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to get the opportunity to play. Um, there's a pretty high likelihood it's not going to be extremely consistent unless he makes it worth the Rockies' while, um, but. He's a player with some considerable upside. He's got enough power. He's got quite a bit of speed. Uh, he can hit for a good average, particularly in Colorado. He knows how to take a walk. Um, so, I mean, those are the sort of skills that you would like to see from a, a middle infielder that you can acquire or, or did acquire on draft day relatively cheaply. Um, but he's – when he does play – He's going to have to hit, and at this point he has it. Um, so, I mean, I'm certainly willing to take the chance on him if he's been dropped. I'm certainly willing to take the chance on him if I can acquire him very cheaply in the trade. But I, I think he's more of a wait-and-see type, uh, a prove-it type, than somebody that you want to be relying in day in and day out in your lineup because I don't think he's going to be in the lineup day in and day out at least in the short term. So uh, with Daniel Murphy and uh, Scooter Jeanette out, who got hurt in spring training, who are you looking to as a deep target at second base? Uh, give me a name that's under 25%. Open. All
1: right. So I'm going to go against you here. Um, I'm going to bring up a guy who's uh, owned a little bit higher than that. Uh, and, that's, okay. and that's Nico Goodrum. Um, I've been very outspoken about this guy. And I just want to talk about him for a second because – God. Yeah, what? you've
0: been making really bad rum puns.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Captain Morgan Spice Goodrum. It's, it's pretty bad. It's
0: um,
1: pretty bad. I gotta, I gotta, I'll find something. I usually find something good with players, and um, so far it's not good with, with Nico Goodrum. No, not so good. Not so um, good at this point. But so uh, let me just say this. So um, first of all, he has eligibility across the board. In, in, in Yahoo, he's first base, second base third base shortstop, and outfield. Um, I'm not sure what he is in other formats, but I'm pretty sure that he has at least second base outfield in most. Um, I've watched him a lot this year, and there's a lot to like in Goodroom. Number one, he's cemented at the four or five spot in this, in this lineup. And although um, the Tigers lineup isn't great, um, he's still – behind Miguel Cabrera, which is still a decent place to be, kind of, I guess, depending on how you look at Miguel Cabrera. But uh, he's right now absolutely destroying the ball. He's just destroying it. He's got a 95-mile-per-hour exit velo, higher than Telez, higher than Joey Gallo. Um, The launch angle is great. He's destroying doubles. I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on it, that he's leading the league in doubles. If not, he's definitely probably top three. I think he had another two tonight. Um, You're
0: sounding like Jeep.
1: Well, <laughs> I don't draft guys based on doubles, but we like guys who hit doubles because it usually translates to power. Um, it, it, the hard contact rate is very high. Um, he takes a walk. He's been walking like crazy. The o, the OPS right now is um, 817. The average is good. I liked him a lot last year. I thought he made major strides last year. And besides Telez, this is my second biggest – uh, break out this year. Um, don't go look at his stats right now and be like, eh, you know, he hasn't hit a home run yet and the counting stats are kind of meh. He's he's going to do it. Just give him a little bit of time. Pick him up now before you can't because I think this kid's a future star.
0: Okay, well, I, the first guy I would look to is, is Kettle Marte because he's got the second base eligibility. Um, but I've already talked about him. So the other... Uh, name I would like to bring up is Adam Frazier, who's mm. owned in 7% of leagues. So good. His hitting lead off for the, top, for the uh, Pirates uh, was excellent in the second half last year after a swing change. Um, you know, if you, if you extrapolated what he did in the second half last year, he was going at a high teens to low 20 homer pace. He hasn't homered yet this year. He has stolen a base. Um, and I think he's got the wheels to steal six or seven. So, I mean, it's not going to be outstanding, but he could be like a 280, 17 homer, 7 steal type guy. Yeah. Um, hitting leadoff for the Pirates, which I always like leadoff guys because volume and runs are two of the most underrated commodities in fantasy baseball. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm down with Frazier there. I think that he's actually probably under owned at 7%. Him and um- – it
1: I feel like him and I feel like the Pirates have like a, a weird thing going right now. Like him and Moran are the same player. Like they both look like they're gonna be absolute superstars, but at the end of the day, they're just gonna be like 20 home run, 270, couple of steals, blah. But they both pass the eye test like crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I think Moran is probably got less batting average in his bat than Fraser does, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, let's move it to Miguel Andujar. Uh, oh. Shoulder torn labrum. Oh. No timetable, but oh. not a good look. There's a chance it's a season ender. Um, and even if he does come back, shoulders tend to sap power. Um, so, the same question as the others Who do you like below 50% at third base? And who do you like at 25% to replace Miguel Andujar? Well, first
1: of all, I want to say to all the Yankee fans on Twitter because I, I, I'm not tweeting a lot, but I'm reading a lot. And you idiot Yankee fans who are like, "Oh, this is why we should have signed Machado." Just this is why everyone hates us. It's because of you idiots. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> like it was, it was. It, it's a fluky injury. Like just shut up. Jesus
0: Christ! Yeah, you, know, you have no way of seeing into the future. So dumb. Determining like going, if.
1: They're going nuts, like about Machado. I'm like,
0: well, in all honesty, they probably should have signed one of those guys. What do you mean? But... We have our lineup is insane. Like, I know, but it's it's the,
1: the the Yankee culture is is it sickens me sometimes. Like, it's so good and it's so bad. We have the worst fans ever, but we have like the smartest brass ever. And I thought not signing him was good. It was. Whatever.
0: Yeah, why would, you, why would you want one of the best players in baseball? Well no, sense. I would
1: I want him. I, I would want him, but it's like the Yankees are a character built organization. Like we just we don't we don't take guys who are fucking dicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's, an, he's an asshole. But whatever. Wow. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, third base. Um Alright, so let's start with Williams a studio who's got the eligibility. Um oh, what
0: on? Uh, this guy <laughs> Dude! We have to bring him up. He's ten million. He's ten million. He's the greatest. He's hitting like eight hundred.
1: Yeah, the guy is just a complete <laughs> anomaly. I don't understand it. Like he he doesn't walk. He doesn't strike out. He just makes contact, and they're all hits. It's crazy. They have to find him more at-bats. They're going to now. I mean, he's he's proving himself worthy at the plate. Um, so, I think that he's a guy you should talk about. The only problem is at-bats. I mean, with Andujar, you had an everyday at-bat guy, and I don't know if a studio um, – you'd be able to bank on him for that many plate appearances. Another guy, um, Jung Ho Kang, hes or Jung Ho Kang, however you want to pronounce it. But I like to say Kang. I like to say Kang because it's like Kane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he hasn't played in two years, but still the OPS looks good. He's getting on base 913 right now. He had his first home run in two years. Um, he has a pretty decent spot in that lineup. And, he did for
0: Tom Power and Spring Training too.
1: Yeah, so uh, there's a lot to like in Kang and I'm I'm going to call him Kang from now on. His name is Kang. Um Do it. yeah. And uh we've always been a fan, but we just we took a couple of years off because he did some shady shit in Korea, but he's back and he's better than ever. So buy him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I as far as I know, the Pirates are pretty committed to playing him at least most of the time at third base. Um he, you probably want to see him take on more of an everyday role, but I think he will. Um, you know, the, the power has played in spring training, as we've mentioned, and he's not a all-power guy. I mean, he's got the ability to hit somewhere between 255 and 275 and swipe an odd bag here or there. And that lineup really needs a player with some pop. So, um, you know, if he does start to go on a power tear, I imagine he'll end up hitting – in the middle of the lineup and be in prime position to drive some guys in. Um, he was on my list and the other guy that made my list was John D Diaz at 14%. Um, a little banged up at the moment, but what I, what I like from Diaz is, is that we've seen the hints of a swing change here through spring training and into the season. Um, Diaz is a physical freak. Um, he's got muscles on top of muscles, but, During his time in Cleveland, despite elite exit velocity numbers, he just pounded the ball into the ground. Um, So if he's made a swing adjustment, um, the power will come. And he's also a player that's got good bat-to-ball skills. He doesn't strike out a lot. So he could turn into a player that's going to hit for a high average. And if he can hit for enough power as well – you know, that suddenly becomes a very intriguing combination. And I would also point out that he's hit either in the middle of the lineup for Tampa or at the top of it. So they seem inclined to play him and play him in spots where um, the run production will be there. So I think he's probably under at this point. I've definitely got my eye on him, and he's also got – um, multi-eligibility. He's also got first base as well. So um, a little versatility for to be able to move him around. Um, he's also got the benefits of his home park is more neutral for power, but the rest of his division, those parks are great for power. So that's also going to help him um, maybe tap into it a little bit more than he has, provided he's hitting a few more fly balls. Um, Nick, what's your take on Yandi Diaz? Have you have you seen him at all?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely passed the eye test, like without a doubt. Um, and I think there's some definitely definitely power behind the swing. I'm in. I thought you were gonna. I thought I was actually gonna cut you off and say, I I bet you. I, I know who you're gonna guess. I who who you're gonna pick. And I thought it was gonna be Chad Pinder. Because oh
0: yeah, I do like Chad Pinder too.
1: Yeah, I like Chad Pinder as well. You weren't gonna bring him up.
0: No, no, him? he wasn't. He hadn't made my list. It was between him and Diaz. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I like, I like Pinder as well. He's got, he, he makes a lot of hard contact. Um, he's a right-handed hitter and they seem to like him as a short side platoon guy. But um, you know, I was hoping that with Matt Olson out, uh, he might see uh, um, closer to every day at bats to see what he can do. Um, and I know he's been in the lineup quite a bit. So, um i think he's he's probably gotten a, a little bit more opportunity with Olsen down even with them acquiring Kendris Morales but um yeah i think he's a name worth watching and worth monitoring if he finds his way into an everyday role uh, he's another right-handed bat that can hit for some pop in that Oakland lineup okay and then uh let's move to some closers um under strickland went down with a lat strain um it was looking like a nightly decision. Um, then Anthony Swarzak came back from the DL, jumped in, and immediately got the save. Swarzak is the guy you want if you're going in Seattle, right? Yeah. Okay. But it's gonna
1: be a roller
0: coaster. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Arizona, it's looking like Ray Collins' job at the moment. He's been good so far and uh, has had a clean slate, and you another, can't say another, that for another the- roller
1: coaster. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, Taylor Rogers got the first chance. Went more than an inning. Uh, Blake Parker has gotten two saves. Uh, he got a weird one the other day, which was Taylor May was in. Uh, Taylor May got it to the final out, and then they just took him out. <laughs> Blake <laughs> Parker, the one out save. They want to keep um, him cheap. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, so, so who's your favorite for saves here among the we're, three we're, of them?
1: We're at six both for short
0: legs. and long term.
1: We're at six for legs. This is this is a complete roller coaster ride. These last three teams. Um, I mean listen, who's the best? Trevor May, hands down, not close. Um, but I, I think they're just trying to keep him cheap. They yanked him on like the final strike of the final pitch of the game. But I do like Rogers a lot. I own him. I picked him up. Um, and I think it's going to be split time. Between – Yeah, I – Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I, no, go ahead. you split time between who? Because There's three guys, so we got to
1: – Between Rogers and uh, – uh not what's his other one's name again
0: Blake Parker
1: Parker yeah and i like parker probably got good stuff
0: um yeah I, I think parker is probably uh the favorite in the short term for saves but i also think he's the one that i want to own the least um i think rogers is probably second in the pecking order for saves why is you that know, it, well i rogers is a lefty right so I think that there is some matchup uh, potential there where, you know, maybe there's uh, two lefties coming up in the ninth or at least the lineups are falling that way. So then May comes in, pitches the eighth, Then Rogers comes in and pitches the ninth. Um, And I think that, like you said, which is usually my general theory when it comes to these situations is follow the money um, and they really want to keep May cheap. So the best way to keep him cheap is to keep him out of saves. So uh, I would think that if Parker falters, Rogers would be the guy that would be the first man up. Um, so in terms of how I would rank them, if you really want the seasons, I think Parker's probably your best bet in the short term Fall by Rogers, fall by May. Hmm. If you're simply trying to play skills and ratios, I think it's May then Rogers, then Parker.
1: Yeah, agreed. Well, I don't know Parker's got like a Parker's got really sick stuff. it's just
0: he's, he's volatile. Yes, yes, he's he's an ex Angels reliever, so yeah, that's good. he that's carries that with him. What they do, yeah. yeah. Okay, and then Kansas City, we had Willie Peralta, we had Brad Boxberger. Nope, Bockal, that's <laughs> in Kennedy's music. No. <laughs> Kennedy came in and went, Mister Kennedy. Wow, this brings
1: back such bad memories. Kennedy, <laughs> God, I hated that era of fantasy baseball when you owned so, when you owned him.
0: So, in Kennedy came in to everybody's shock, got a save. Then on his second opportunity, blew it. Um, Brad Boxberger has pitched, I think, in the fourth inning of a game at this point. So, I'm not sure where he is on the pecking order. Um, Willie Peralta came in the other night and got out of a bases-loaded jam. Uh, this is going to be a roller coaster ride too, right?
1: Yeah, and it's not a good roller coaster to be on because it's the Royals. So,
0: Kennedy, <laughs> no, damn it, he's
1: back. Please, All right, let's move. Before up. we move on, go ahead. All right, so I just want to quickly ask you a question. Okay. And I want your honest opinion, non-biased, even though you bashed me on draft day for it. But since we're on the on the on the on the uh, closer uh, subject right now, Shane Green, leading league in saves. He's been lights out so far. Buy or sell.
0: Oh, sell him.
1: Sell him. Okay.
0: Yeah, he's 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 not really very good.
1: He's not really very good. Okay. Guys, I the reason why I asked Pat that is because I wanted him to say this. I I lured him into, I have the quote now on film. It's on tape. I'm going to play this back at the end of this year and I wanna hear, him. it's gonna be, he's not very good on loop next year to start the show (laughs) because Shane Green's gonna be awesome. Go ahead. All
0: right, I'm I'm perfectly willing to take that chance. Okay. You didn't lure me into anything. (laughs) Oh, I lured you in good. (laughs) All right, so let's move to some observations from the first week. Uh, Nick, how do you want to do this? You want to go back and forth or you want me to just give mine? Um, your, uh... Yeah, we'll go back and forth. Yeah, you go first. Okay. I'll go first. So, um, one of the big, uh, stories thus far in the season has been Chris sale. And, and I think you do have to be concerned with the velocity, um, and the overemphasis of the secondary stuff. You combine that with the injury to end last year, which was a shoulder injury. Um, to me it's a do not panic moment though. You know, it does make sense for Boston to have sale, take it easy. He was treated with kid gloves in the spring. They're a team that's playing for October and they want to make sure that they have the ace of their staff, um, intact. So I wouldn't be stunned if this is just ramp up. Um, Issues where Sale is a few weeks behind everybody else, and it's just not overdoing it in terms of um, his velocity. At this point, um, he started out down before, um, not quite to this level, but um, but even if you have him, and even if you're scared to death, um, you know, I, I just think. You just kind of have to hold on at this point. I do not think you're going to get something worthwhile.
1: I don't know about that. I, I disagree strongly. Okay. All right. Well, tell me why. Okay. So first of all, we had a conversation about this earlier, about sale. Um, this isn't a new thing. This is stemming from last year. and And years of being worried about that weird throwing motion – might finally be catching up with him last year. Was he in the DL twice or three times? I think it was twice, Um, right?
0: I think it was twice.
1: Okay. Hit the DL twice, started off this year with, with the velo, not just low, but, like, extremely low, uh, 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 marginally low. Um, Having said that, he still went as a top 20 guy. He still went in the first round in some 12-team leagues uh, drafts. And I just think that he carries – uh, really, really good name power. Um, just remember, this is the year where everyone said that you needed to have a, an ace um, go out and get that ace in the first couple of rounds. Because you know, once you get past Verlander, there's a lot of question marks. Then you hit that Cindergaard um, and and uh, Paxton question mark kind of phase. So I think you could. Get, I think you could get a lot for sale. Um, even though he's off to the slow start, I think that you could pull in. A guy like – or maybe two guys, like maybe you package, like let's just say, Kikuchi uh, and Castillo or Castillo and um, uh, maybe you Darvish take a shot on him even though he's he's, he's been bad. I don't know. I, just, I, I think that you could still get a pretty good return in sale, and I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get worse. So I think it's time to abandon ship and try and field any offers that you possibly can.
0: Yeah, see, I'm looking at it from the other way. I expect it to get a a a little bit better. I'm just not sure how much better at this point.
1: But why you? So wait. So you think that are you one of these guys that thinks that he's not pumping because it's his first couple of starts of the year and it's still early April and he's not trying to hit his VLO?
0: Yeah, I, I do think that that is part of it. I, I, I certainly and what's, the think, other, and what's the other part, though? Well, no, I, I do. Th- I do acknowledge the fact that he had the shoulder injury, and there is the potential that's that's still affecting him as well. Um, you know, I, my my point is, is I don't think he's going to be throwing like eighty nine the entire season. I, I expect him to get into the ninety three ish type range at some point but at, even at that level he's not you know if he's like a 92 93 guy he's not where he's he's supposed to be yeah and he won't be as productive as he's been at that velocity level at least i don't it, think so. it,
1: exactly that that's my point like he's so low right now if he goes up i don't think it goes past that mark which is where i think his upside is so if he yeah more- but if he's
0: but if he's 92 93 and he has a game where he's really on with the change in the slider you're you're gonna be able to sell him for more than you are right now when he's striking out two guys. In well, the game.
1: well, look. There's 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 two ways to look at it. Either you hope that he absolutely crushes his next start and and does really well, um, or you sell him now before he absolutely shits the bed his next start. And and I think the next start there's gonna be a lot of eyes on the next start because now it's the th- it's his third, correct?
0: Yeah, and the next start will be his third one.
1: Yeah, so it's like I think all eyes are on the third start, like him and Mad Bum, and there's a couple of guys that we're, we're going to be watching that third start. This is the important one, um, and I just – like you said, I, even if the velo goes up, I don't think he's going to even come close to his old production if he doesn't come close to what the velo used to be, so um, – I would start fielding offers, and I and I think at this point, it's only two starts into the year. I think you could still put pull in a pretty good haul for sale.
0: Okay. Who's the first guy that you want to talk about?
1: Okay. So let me pull it up. Give me one second. By the way, I just switched to Kona Big Wave. Big shout out to Kona Big Wave. It's just so damn good. I really <laughs> love this gear. It's like my go-to. It's just so good. I put Hogarty on it. Oh, I got it. You guys don't know who Hogarty is, but it's delicious, okay? All right,
0: let's see. Worst person in the world. (laughs) My best friend.
1: All right. Um, All right, so let's talk about Fanino Tatis Jr. Um, Right now, 77% owned. Um, Pats Pat's sometimes we're on the same same page about things, which is before the season started, once he got the nod that he would be in the the lineup – Pat right away goes sell, 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 sell before he even sees a major league at bat. And, and yeah, that that is smart depending on what kind of league you're in. There are a lot of guys who just love the young guys and the potential, yada, yada, yada. Um, but me personally, I didn't go out and try and sell him. I drafted him in our league. I didn't go out and try and sell him right away. Um, and he's struggled a little bit out of the gate. He's gotten some big hits. He's uh, stolen a base. He's hitting a home run. He's he's scoring runs, and he's batting at the end of that Padre lineup, which is encouraging. But I'm going to say this. Having watched him play a lot this year, I've watched a lot of Tatis this year. um, He's got real, real power in that swing. Oh, yeah. Like, real. Yeah, I I think we've all seen that. I think that everyone who watched the home run the other night definitely saw it. I mean, when anyone hits a home run, it looks like they have power, but – when you watch him swing the bat it's just it's effortless power no
0: and it was the the bat speed was very impressive I thought. yeah
1: yeah every everything is impressive when you look when you look at tatis the speed the power um it's just a matter of the case is he going to strike out a lot coming up and so far that really hasn't been that much of an issue um i think that w- what i've seen so far is with, with tatis is i think right now you should sit tight and i think he's going to absolutely break out uh, another guy who's going to absolutely break out this year and move up in that lineup. Kinsler has been pretty bad at the leadoff spot. The Padres are all of a sudden in win now mode. Paddock is great. I mean, you've got Machado hitting home runs now. They've got a good team. Uh, Lucchese looked great the other day. So they want to win. And if they want to win, they've got to move Tatis to either leadoff off or two. And I think it's going to happen within the next couple of weeks, especially when Tatis actually starts hitting uh, a little bit better. So... Um, I wanted to just highlight him because my initial uh, view on Tatis is he looks better than I thought he would. And even though he's batting 200, he he just looks like an absolute stud. And and go out and buy him if you can right now for cheap is my point. Go out, This is, this is a buying opportunity, not a selling opportunity.
0: Well, I think if you do own him and you intended or you were thinking about selling him, um, now is not the time to sell him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a time to buy. When we talked, it was before the season started, and they had just announced that he made the team, and that was when I was saying, "Yeah, sell, 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 sell." And you were right. And now that he's come up and he's he hasn't blown the doors off yet. I mean, it's obviously, and and we should we should of course caution all this. I mean, it's been one week, so you don't want to overreact to anything. But he certainly, to my eyes, does pass the eye test. Um, but I would wait for the next hot streak to come. Yeah. And after that comes, and maybe he's starting to hit towards the top of the lineup. Then that is when I would unload him. Well, because no, that so- is when the volume, that is when the value will be back to where it was when he was uber <laughs> prospect. That made the team, and was going to play play full-time.
1: Well, here, the, the, the reason why I, I brought this all up is because my question to you now is, after being the sell guy when he first came up, and now kind of struggling, uh, passing the eye test, but kind of struggling, uh, are you buying at right now
0: from what you've seen? Oh, would I be willing to go out and buy him? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I would again, it would probably be you know if i'm if i'm talking in a redraft league or a limited keeper league not a dynasty league because in a dynasty league i'm definitely holding um i would i i would be interested in buying if the price was adequate and then i would much like i've said to you if i hold him i'm going to hold him until he gets hot and then i'm going to flip him and try and turn a profit
1: yeah so what's let's just talk about the line then. So what would you, what's the line on Tatis? Would you offer, let's just say a, uh, and this is in a vacuum. If you had uh, Cole Hamels and Garrett Hampson, would you trade them in a package for Tatis?
0: Would you take the upside over the, can you tell me what the best pitcher is on the wire? No, just
1: uh, no, just Hamels and Hampson for Tatis. Does that sound good to you? Would you give that up for t- for the upside of Tatis right now?
0: Yeah, I think I might. Okay. Okay. I think I might because I think when Tatis gets hot, I can flip him for, um, you know, the 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 layer above Cole Hamels in terms of the pitching okay. total pole. And I think Garrett Hampson's a guy that's probably got a finite window of value Um, because when Murphy comes back, I'm not sold that he's going to play every day. Okay. So yeah, I think that's right. I think that's a, that's probably a pretty good offer. Okay. Um, Yoan Mankata is a player that's caught my eye. He's, Uh he was one of my bold prediction players and sadly I have zero shares of him. Um, He looks fantastic. He's confident at the plate. Um, he's always had the pop with the athleticism, the run hasn't run let, yet this year, um, but that's the only drawback in one week's worth of time. Small sample, but the K rate is way down. That's a very good sign. Um, I think we could be in for a special year from him, and, and he's a guy that became a little bit of a post-hype type player. Um, he, he just looks completely different to me at the plate, um, does, not, does not look uncomfortable at all and and you can really see the ball flying off the bat
1: yeah i completely agree um i was with you on on moncada um and i am still with you on moncada i think that the uh post-life sleeper if you you probably got him at a crazy value in your draft um he looks great the lineup isn't as bad as we thought and uh, yeah i'm completely in i think that it's a time to uh it's gonna to be tough to buy him now, but maybe, maybe when he hits a little slump, try and go out and buy him because he's—I think he's special. I think he's gonna have a really, really, like, good year sometime in the next couple of years, like a breakout, a huge breakout, and it could be this yeah, year.
0: Yeah, I think it's this year. And he also—I should add—he's not only got the second base eligibility, but he's gonna add third because that's where he's been playing.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's that's huge. Um,
0: all right. So my next guy—I was in—I was trying to figure out who should we.
1: Would be a good uh, segue from Moncada. Um, uh, we'll stick with we'll stick with offense. Let's talk about Rick Robles. Um, all right, so the, Robles was like m- much of a debate this year in spring training. Um, a lot of guys, like our friend Joey, didn't see the power. I think you. What was your issue with him? The injury risk, or the the, uh, the maybe the spot in the lineup? What was your but um,
0: my issue was in the first. It, my, my 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 issue in the first instance was the lineup spot. But the other part of it was I was sort of with Joe with the power. I, I just didn't see. Um, you know, it, it it just struck me as a situation where um, people were sort of over overhyping a prospect that certainly has a lead upside, but it's just a little too – was just a little too raw in my eyes to achieve that upside and wasn't faced with an ideal situation either.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. Um, So the the issue that – I mean, we spoke about in previous podcasts was how hard it would be for him to crack – you know the top 5 on this team because you've got Zimmerman Soto Rendon Eaton Dozier uh you got a you have a pretty pretty good guys at the top of the lineup so unless he absolutely crushes it'll be a little bit of time for him to, to crack the top of the lineup but that's what he's done so far um he's he's hitting for power he's hitting doubles like crazy um he's stealing bases he's got an 873 OPS 294 average He's he's playing really well. And from what I've seen so far, he absolutely passes the eye test at the plate. Um fielding wise. Maybe a different story, but um, Base running wise. <laughs> yeah. He's a little he's he's a little Yaziel Puig. He's raw. Yeah, he's raw, which is he's raw. Which is fine. He's he reminds me a lot of Puig when Puig first first came up. Um but with Robles, um his plate approach is is insane. I I think this kid is gonna be like really special. Another another really good breakout prospect. Um, I think he does find his way to the top of the lineup at some point. Dozier has been struggling. Um, Eaton is to me. I I don't want to guarantee injury that's just not right but uh, to me it's only a matter of time before he does hit the DL or IL whatever you want to call it so once that does happen whether either Dozier's struggles continue or Eaton does hit the DL with some sort of weird injury you know Robles is the next up and when he gets to the top of that lineup it's a good place to be it's a really good place to be because Soto was absolutely insane I think he's already one of the best hitters in baseball um, you've got Rendon. You've got Zimmerman. Um, the counting sets are there to be had. It's just a matter of time before he gets there. And when he does, he is going to get on base at a huge clip, score a bunch of runs, give you some pop, give you some steals. Um, I absolutely love him. Um, so it, uh, just it's going to be tough to go out and buy him because whoever took him probably paid a pretty steep price. As he kind of like shot yeah, up and, he
0: was going yeah, at the top thirty outfielders.
1: But and you know, but listen, in spring spring training, uh, spring training and pre-draft, the big thing was that you guys, especially Joey, was an anti robust guy. It's like, why is he going so high? And I, I just, I was kind of against him the whole time because I I just think he had an elite plate approach uh, in the minors and it would translate well into the majors, and. He's got excellent speed, and as far as the, the bat speed goes, yeah, the exit velo is not high, and he doesn't have a power swing, but he dials it up when he wants to. Very similar to Jose Ramirez, like where Ramirez's exit velo is not 92, 93, 91. Um, he's a contact hitter, and when he sees a pitch that's that's ready to get sent out of the ballpark, he's in a – he's going to wind up and knock it out of there. And that's the same thing with Robles. I think he's just one of those skilled hitters who can do it when he when he wants to, when he needs to. So uh, if you can go out and buy him, and it's, it's I think it's just going to be a steep price though now, but if you, enjoy, if you own him, enjoy the ride because this is a future all-star and I think this year's Rookie of the Year.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly do think he's got the ability to be a future all-star. This is not a question of future value in my mind um and he has been more impressive than i thought he would be um to start the year but again it's one week um i do imagine he's going to find his way closer to the top of the lineup before long if dozier continues to struggle or if as you suggest eaton gets hurt um because turner's already cleared the way but but that was part of That was part of the argument to begin with was, oh, all he needs is an injury to get to the top. And the injury happened and he didn't. Now, if Dozier continues to hit, you know, sub 200, yeah, he's eventually going to get booted from the top spot in the lineup. It's just the reality of the situation. Um, The other thing to remember with Robles is, he hasn't gone through the adjustment phase yet. And I don't think he's. Well, I know for a fact he's not as polished as Soto. No, nobody's polished. polished. Um, So, where Soto might be able to sort of avoid, um, you know, the quote unquote sophomore slump, or um, avoid uh, or or minimize an adjustment period against him, I, I think that Robles through the fact that we see the rawness in terms of his defensive struggles or his problems on the base paths, it makes me think that he's, his adjustment phase is probably going to be, you know, harsher than um, an elite prospect typically goes through.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, And you have to remember he's, he's extremely young as well. So, um, you know, the, the rawness makes a lot of sense, and I, and I think that's what's going to end up happening. So, again, uh, you know, I'm going to sound like a broken record because I said it with Satise, but I, I think he's another one of the guys that, you know, if he finds his way to the top of the lineup and he has a week where he pops a couple of bombs and steals a couple of bags and the buzz is starting to build and you don't have any sort of interest in him beyond this year, if it's a redraft, or if you if it's a limited keeper and you've already got your guys lined up, um, that's the sort of format where I'm going to start to throw his name around and see what I can get for him because I do anticipate there being um, a little bit of give and take in terms of what happens with the league um, because I don't think that there I, I I think that there is going to be an adjustment phase for him at some point. Okay, let's talk about the Marlins rotation. So uh, there's a lot of the value here in the early going. Guys, we all liked um, Trevor Richards with the filthy changeup. Pablo Lopez with the velocity up. It looks like he took a step forward on command. He's got the whiffs, the grounders. Caleb Smith, good fastball, two secondaries. Um, lots of swing and miss there. And then even Sandy Alcantara showed flashes in his first start. So, I mean, this is this is a, a rotation that, um, you know, you want to share of. The ballpark is good, too. Um, I'm curious to see what these guys' ownership levels are at this point because I know the hype has um, billowed over the course of the last couple of weeks. But, um, you know, the situation is really good, and they've all got, um, you know, sort of – Enough stuff there that they present a, a nice mix of sort of floor and upside uh, based upon where they're situated. Um, Nick, I, I think your I think your favorite among the group is Trevor Richards, right?
1: Uh yeah, I like Calvin Smith a lot too. Um, I like both of those guys. Uh, I like I like them both out of the, out of the bunch. But Alcantara has looked really really good so far this year. Um, um I think that he's probably the most volatile and I think he'll probably take the biggest uh, drop off as the season rolls along. But yeah, Richards, Richards and caliber are, are filthy. They're going to miss bats. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting rotation. Cause I mean you, I think you and Joe are a little higher on Pablo Lopez than I am, especially Joey. He like is in love with Pablo Lopez, Him, Pablo Lopez and Elvis Andrus is like Joey's it's like <laughs> holy trinity. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I like I like Richards and, and Smith the best. I think their stuff is just filthy, especially Richards.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to find. All right, so Richards is – these are Yahoo ownership percentages. Richards is at 31%. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably too – that's definitely too low in my mind. Mm-hmm. Alcantara is at 24%. Uh, let's see. Caleb Smith is at ten percent. That's way too low. And Pablo Smith is at eight percent. In my mind, that those are all probably too low. Wait, Pablo Lopez is at what? Eight percent. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely too low for me. I like. I, I'm sorry. I like all those guys. I think they've all got some measure of upside, and they've all got some measure of floor as well. Um, the winds might be problematic, but. You don't chase wins. Okay,
1: where are we going next? All right, we're gonna we're gonna argue on this one for sure. Um, Trevor Williams, <laughs> here we go. Uh, so yeah, he's come out swinging this year. Point um, six seven whip. Um, he's only walked one guy, struck out six. He's looked so far so good. I- I've been a fan of his. Pat hasn't. Um, but I think that his ability to miss bats is 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 definitely way higher than it was last year. He had just a six point six four K per nine. I think he has the ability to be well over seven and a half. Um, Steamer has projected projected for seven one five. I like him for closer closer to eight. And if that comes up. Um, I think he could be special. Uh, I think that uh, his ability to suppress home runs, induce ground balls, all that good stuff being in that ballpark. I think it's just going to come to a head this year. We're going to see a pretty reliable mid threes ERA um, close to a uh, close to nine Ks per nine type of pitcher. Who's going to turn out a good year. And and just and be consistent. I, I I really like this stuff, and the fantasy community is completely against me. He's a guy that got a lot of hate. I feel like because of his pitch mix, but I think I think I think he could get by on what he has. Is my point, and I, I like him a lot. So go ahead, hate yeah, on him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're 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 right that I'm not on board with what you're talking about. I do think he may have gotten a little too much hate given the fact that he was basically free. Um, And, you know, I'm normally more willing to believe in the pitch to contact types and the contact management types um, than a lot of guys in the industry, because I do think that there's a certain level of skill there that sort of gets ignored uh, when guys don't get whiffs. but uh, I, I just don't know that I see like a mid threes ERA. I mean, I could see. Well,
1: what, what, what was what was your issue? Remind me what your issue was with him. Like it was just because he relied on the four seamer like more than anything. Like,
0: well, no. Part of it's part of it's he's extremely fastball heavy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Part right? of it's part of it's he. I, I believe he had like a ridiculously high strand rate during that stretch he did. at the end of the year. Yep. Um and he also while he was able to sort of avoid death from contact. I seem to recall that Okay, yeah, no, that's not that's not it because I'm I'm doing this off the top of my head. So I was gonna say that he allowed hard contact, but he was he was actually pretty good at managing the contact. He was a 29% hard contact. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's it's a lack of a pitch mix. It's it's eye test too. I mean, you know when when you watch when you watch pitchers and you and you watch guys that are contact managers, um, you know, like like Kyle Hendricks for interest for for uh, example, um, you can see the command that makes Kyle Hendricks special. I don't see that in Trevor Williams. I don't see the elite level command that's causing um, that sort of contact profile um, to, to occur. I, I, I think that I, I just don't think he's as good as he was last year. Now, does that mean he's completely useless? No. I mean, I, he, he, he could be a high threes guy. Um, he can he can get his innings. And yeah, I do think that there could be a little bit more swing and miss um there than there was last year. And maybe he gets above seven per nine and starts to look like you know Miles Mikolas, except he walks more guys. Um that's a that's probably like to me the 80, 85. Five ninety percent outcome for Trevor Williams. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I but I, I do I do think you're right. I do think that the community kind of you know poo pooed him to the to the level where they shouldn't have, and that there was probably a little more upside there. But again, the upside is all relative. I mean, at seven Ks per nine. Three seven five three eight ERA. He's a top sixty starter at yeah, best. Yeah, he's your
1: he's your four or five.
0: He's got yeah. Well, no, he's your he's your five with the upside of of being a five, nice. right? So I think that's why a lot of uh, a lot of guys pushed him down the board to the extent they did because. They'd rather take their shots on Caleb Smith or uh, Pablo Lopez or, or or Matt Strom is another one or Chris Paddock or um, you know those types. Maybe Brad Keller is another one who's kind of similar to Trevor Williams, but has a little bit more on the stuff end um, that makes him more interesting.
1: I have a question. Sure. After seeing the velo. Huge velo increase in Pomeranz. Who would you rather have right now, Pomeranz or Williams?
0: Oh, Pomeranz. And that's not close. Agreed. I I, actually, 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 let me skip ahead because Pomeranz Pomeranz is my next guy. Oh, he is. Well, he's not my next guy, but we'll make him my next guy. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see he was on your list. Good. Yeah. So, I mean, the velo, as we mentioned, is, is up. It's up into the low 90s. It was, I believe, he averaged 92 which is very very nice um if he's living there with the hammer curve in San Francisco along with the cutter a legitimate top 40 upside for me um but didn't another he, didn't, he, didn't he hit he hit
1: 94 I think on the on, on the gun no
0: well yeah he might have hit 94 but I'm saying his average velocity was a right around yeah but that's I, I mean think.
1: for his first start of the year that's freaking sweet for Palmeran yeah.
0: 94 well yeah I mean Lesster was on like 86. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I mean so you know it's a huge improvement year over year it, it lends to the fact that he was hurt and now he's healthy um the ballpark is obviously fantastic for somebody of his skill set um it'll provide him with some protection and you know he's another one though that you know he, he's He's a guy that m- maybe you wait a month and and you see where he is, and if he started really hot, you start to float his name out there, and maybe you can get a nibble and and upgrade, maybe to maybe to like a buy a low pitcher. You know, like we mentioned, you Darvish. I, I doubt you can get you Darvish for Drew Pomeranz. But oh
1: my god, um, Darvish you Darvish un- shot.
0: But you understand what I'm saying, though, like yeah. you know, like a guy that you liked going into the year that. It started slow, and maybe Pomerantz is sporting an ERA under three at the end of April, still pumping in the 90s. Um, but he's the type of guy that has his extensive injury history, and the injury is probably going to come. He's very, he's very similar to Trevor Cahill in that sense. I mean, Pomerantz has a better track record for health than, than Cahill does, but it's not but that C- much better.
1: But Cahill the better pitcher, I think.
0: Mm, you know, yeah. I mean, if you give every, if you, all things were equal and you gave yeah. them the same number of innings, yeah, probably. Um, I think so. But you know, I, I, I and and we talked about him when I was doing my TG FBI draft, and I got him with the last pick, and it was mostly because uh, of you just saying, "Listen, I mean, if he's healthy, right, and he's in San Francisco, it's it's going to work." And, and you were right. And it's, it's, it's simply the truth. And now you see him pumping at a level where we've seldom seen him. It's, it's just a package that's really gonna, I think, um, excel over the course of the early part of the season. You know, I I think he can strike out a batter per inning. I think the ERA can be mid to high threes and, um, And I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. I mean, uh, San Francisco just traded for Kevin PR. Everybody was scratching their heads. And I was scratching my head, too. I I don't quite understand it. But when you look around the diamond at that team, it's a really good defensive team. So if he's striking out a batter per inning and he's getting help from his defense and he's getting help from his ballpark, Mm -hmm. um, it, it makes for a very nice package overall.
1: Yeah, that was huge. That was a huge move uh, Move for them. I'm glad you brought it up. But um, as far as Pomeranz goes, we spoke about this spring training. He is criminally underrated year after year after year. Um, you take away last year's um, – take away 2018 where he was injured, and he was money. I mean, look at 2017, 2016, and 2015, all sub – and 2014, all sub 375s. He had a 2.35 ERA in there in 2014 with the A's. Um, you know, he's not going to blow you away. And, um, as far as eye test goes, he's kind of meh, but he knows how to pitch. He knows how to pitch. And now that he's at the velo, if he, he could return to 2017 value, which is, you know, nine Ks per nine, um, a three, I mean, he had a three, three, two back-to-back years with the Red Sox. And with San Fran, with the defense, like Pat said, I, I don't want to say he's going to be under three, three, two, but it definitely can be. So this is – and Pomerantz is so easy to go get right now. So for me, he's definitely not a sell. He's a buy, a big buy. Because um, even the guy who drafted him took him what with the the, the last like you did the last pick and how many people were in that league? Fifteen? Is a fifteen person league? It was a fifteen
0: team league, and I think it was the thirtieth round.
1: Yeah, and where in it? So 12, it was like
0: pick four fifty. Yeah,
1: and where in it? Me and you were in a twelve team league. Um, I I took him in the last round in our league. Um, so he could definitely be attained, and for for pretty much nothing, even though he's pitching well right now. So go out and get him now. Um, as long as he's not injured, he's going to be. Just fine. He's the guy you want to own on that staff besides Bumgarner. I know that you guys were high on Samarja, but I really like Pomeranz this year. Um, He could be a solid – like, crucify me for saying it, but I think he could be even a solid number two starter on your team. Three, but he could be a two. He could turn that year out. Look at what he's done in Boston, the AL East in that ballpark. I mean, going from there to San Fran is not – it's not a little difference. It's it's a world of a difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, who do you want to talk about next?
1: Okay. This is this is interesting. I wonder where you're going to stand on this, but I'm going to bring up Alberto uh, Monesi. So, ADP wise, he was going really high, higher than we, uh, me and you probably would never draft him. Correct or incorrect?
0: Oh, absolutely correct.
1: Absolutely correct. I mean, there is not a shot in hell I, I would have ended up with him on any team, even if even if it was a league where everyone hated Mondesi, I'd still be the last guy to draft Mondesi. Um, I like the speed. Um, there are good things that I do like about Mondesi. He 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 is able to dial it up and hit home runs here and there, but right now he is off to a scorching start. So all I'm going to say is this. For those of you who went out and got him at his ADP or a better value than his ADP, sell him now. He's batting 409 with a 1318 OPS. He's got a homer, he's got a steal, he's got some decent counting stats. Um I don't I I'm thinking that what a lot of you are are thinking to yourselves is, oh my God, I got the breakout. I took him, I'm gonna be that guy this year and the season I could rub it in everyone's faces how I drafted Alberto Monasi and he's he's god no no he's not and it's going to it's going to fall and not fall apart soon but he's going to be mediocre um and right now his value may be the highest it will be all season um so I would completely entertain trade offers and I would start uh sending out trades Offering Mondesi for something better and more safe because this team, that the offense. I know Pat loves the Royal offense now, but I am not sold, and I think it's time to. Uh,
0: I just think they're really fun to watch. Yeah, they're fun. I, yeah, like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't love the Royals' offense. <laughs> I, I think that they're really fun to watch. Listen, we. We love these. Listen, we Kennedy! Kennedy
1: and Keller, and they've got guys we like. Um, we like to root for the bad teams, so go go Royals. But I think it's a good time to start entertaining offers because if you take wh- where he was going in drafts, um, plus what he's doing right now, you might be able to get a really good return on him. So start entertaining offers. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you went in that direction. <laughs> Because I thought you were going to say, we made a huge mistake. And I was going to be like, no, listen, it's one week. Um, And I've watched some of the Royals. And, um, you know, he's got a couple of triples. And when he makes the right kind of contact, the ball does fly off his back. He looks good. He looks good. good. He's a good player. Yeah. But there's still a very real possibility of significant slumps that can sink you with the way that he plays the game. Um, if the balls in play do not fall, um, it, it, it can turn pretty ugly for an extended period an extended stretch of time. Um, and, you know, I mean, even though I was not Mondesi's biggest fan, I, you know, i and and i think we both did we acknowledge the upside and we acknowledge the fact that yeah you know if you're taking him in the fourth round or third round you could be right there is a there is a scenario where where this kid completely blows up and explodes and hits you know 20 bombs and steals 50 bases there is a world out there where this happens um so I mean it, it, it in in the course of ranking him, you know, like you acknowledge that upside by putting him I don't even remember where I had him. I want to say somewhere between eighty-five and one hundred. Oh, I had him deeper. And
1: and you know what? You might have had him there, but your real rankings are, are definitely deeper because I there's no way you're taking him over Matt Chapman in any draft.
0: No, but I had Matt Chapman higher. <laughs> okay, all right, well, all right. Um so but, but my, my point is is that it's it's not that we we don't acknowledge the fact that the guy has talent like we acknowledge we just like, we were just more willing to acknowledge the downside that comes with him mm-hmm. um so yeah, and I agree with you. I mean at this point like if he continues to tear the cover off the ball for the next couple of weeks, throw him out there and and see what see what you can get if you're not completely over the moon. but that's really the problem. Is is that the people that took him are over the moon about him, yeah, and exactly. aren't going to be able to trade him? Um, it's like you said, like they wanted to get the breakout, and the, if they, yeah, but if he if he looks like the breakout, they're not going to be able to deal. Him. It depends. They won't have the. They won't have the marbles. Yeah, true.
1: <laughs> yeah, like like. It, it depends on the owner. I mean, like last year, I spent all my fab on on Soto, and I sold him like two weeks later after he was uh, amazing. But, um, I mean, this hot of a start. I mean, when you're batting four hundred plus, I, I just I just wonder what you could get. Is my point? Like, what if 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 right now, if let's just say this, if you are the if you're in a league where Mondesi is traded for Chris Davis, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You're not going to veto that trade.
0: No, because I think.
1: But, but, but wait, wait, uh, you're not going to veto it because it is, it is fair based on what he's done so far and his pedigree. But you're like, damn, this guy who's getting Chris Davis is going to get out like a bandit. Right? Yeah. No, I do feel that way.
0: You're right. Okay, on the less expensive end, let's talk about his teammate, Jorge Soler. Oh, God. Uh, Soler hitting cleanup for the Royals.
1: So uh, good.
0: Has, has gotten off to a very nice start. I, I Again, eye test. I really like the way that he's looked. Um, lots of pop. Can carry the strikeout rate with the authority that he hits the ball with. Plus the back control. He also has the ability to take a walk. You know, I think he could pop 25 bonds, swipe somewhere between five to seven bags because he's athletic enough to do it. And the Royals are the Royals, and they're going to let whoever wants to run, run, I think. Um, So I I think it's just a case where he just needs to stay healthy. Um, You know, Nick mentioned that I've loved the offense, and um, it's not that I love the offense. I just, I tend to think that bad offenses get undervalued and you know, you've got Mondesi there who's looked good. Merrifield is one of the more underrated players in the game. Um, and when you have those two hitting in front of him, um, he's going to get the opportunity to drive guys in. Um, there's going to be situations where pitchers are going to get frustrated with what those guys can do on the base paths and leave some bad pitches for Solaire to crush. And, I mean this guy uh, this is a guy that we've been waiting on for years and for health or uh, or or for whatever reason it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Yeah, well I mean yeah, he's gotten opportunities and it just it's been it's the the health hasn't been there or he hasn't gotten, you know, a full look. You know, he's he's been bad and they've sent him back down or he's been bad and they've decided to play Jorge Bonificio over him. Um, but they look pretty committed to him right now and he looks pretty dialed in. So I, I think that there's a pretty nice amount of upside. I mean, we talked about guys replacing Stanton and Ozuna and Upton. I, I, I told you, I, I owned Upton and the first opportunity I got, this was the guy I went out and grabbed because I think he can do, you know, 85 to 90% of Upton if he stays healthy.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a better eye test guy in the entire league. I mean, the swing is ridiculous. He's like 6'5", 4'20", just all muscled. Um, (laughs) But he's just been insanely – he's never put it fully together. Um, If you look at his stat cast over the years, his launch angle is just up and down, up and down, up and down. He's obviously making swing changes year to year. Um, to make up for the previous where, year where he sucked. So he's trying to make improvements.
0: Yeah, but, but I mean, that could just be small sample noise, right? Like, I mean, he hasn't been yeah, up th- for... Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm
1: taking that into, into consideration. But, um, I mean, you look at the year, like, 2015, where he had 404 at bat. He had, he had significant playing time. And he hit 10 home runs. So, like, that was really odd because, um, you know, I always thought that when Solaire did at the time, he'd be an easy 30 home run guy, um, and it just hasn't happened. I, I, I don't know. He's he's a he's a weird dude to own because you see the flashes, but he just doesn't put it together for a prolonged period of time. This might be the year, though. Uh, so far, the exit velo is the highest of his career. The launch angle is sitting at 15 uh, degrees. Uh, there's a lot to like. The K rate is down just a bit. Um, He's walking. I like him. Uh, I just, he's extremely volatile. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. And um, hopefully you get the breakout. But if not, you're going to get shitty, (laughs) shitty like 18 home run Jorge Soler. Doesn't make any sense. He doesn't make any sense, the guy. Because you watch him and you, it's like, why isn't he hitting 50 home runs a year?
0: So he's the perfect replacement for Marcel Hozuna, who is the mystery box.
1: Mm, no, because Solaire... This is
0: the mystery box wrapped inside well, of an enigma. Well, no,
1: because Ozuna is the mystery box. But like, okay, there's two. There's two mysteries. He's either gonna be good or he's gonna be mediocre. Solaire, is he gonna be good or he's gonna be absolutely terrible. So it's like, it's 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 tough. I
0: don't know. Sounds a lot like what we were saying about Marcelo, isn't you know. it? Yeah. Exactly. But anyway, um, all right. You got anybody else? Yeah.
1: Uh, I want to talk about Jose Alvarado, closer of the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's bring up a closer again. So, yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's what everyone's saying right now. (laughs) And you know what? You know what that means, right? So. Yeah, it's true. So, all right. As a fantasy owner, use Twitter to your advantage. Um when people start tweeting out videos of your guy on your team doing ridiculous things like throwing ninety-six mob per hour sliders that have a break that starts at your head and ends at your feet, you need to send that to your to your to your fantasy league. Like just retweet, hey guys, look at this, look at this. Um but yeah, his stock is up. He's all over Twitter right now for throwing wiffle balls and he looks insane. The problem is this. He has a track record of having poor control, and guys that throw like this, and I said this the other day in our chat, usually don't last long. Now, I'm not banking on injury with Alvarado. I I don't wanna do that with any player, but you look at the Adovino's, the Carter Caps, um, other relievers who have just ridiculous breaking stuff. I can't think of anyone else on the top of my head right now, but there are plenty. Um, They just don't last. Take into consideration that the Rays closers over the last couple of years have led the league in league in saves. Last year, Romo came in and absolutely crushed. The year before, they had the league leader. Who was the league leader again? Was it Kame?
0: The year before that, what I, in twenty seventeen? Yeah, sounds right, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, but well, regardless,
1: for some for some reason or another, the Rays rack up a ton of saves year after year after year. Um. So I would go out and try and sell him right now. Um, I would maybe try and put a package together for an elite reliever like Josh Hader. So maybe sacrifice the saves for a guy who's going to strike out 120 people with the relief. Well, picture. right now
0: Hader's Hader's getting the saves. So
1: yeah, and uh, is he the? But he's he's not the primary closer, is he? Well, right now he is until Oh, he is. Jeffries gets back. Okay, I didn't know that. Which so then, may or may not happen. So his stock is probably a little too high, but that yeah, was, was be
0: a little too high.
1: That was going to be my point. Um, I think that Alvarado's stock is extremely high right now, and it might be the highest it will be this year because when he starts, maybe, born,
0: what? Maybe you can get like the witch. Who's the witch? Blake Trenton.
1: Mm, there's no way again, Blake Trinan.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: imagine you could. Yeah, yeah, imagine you could, but that would never pass in any league that I'm in. He's the best. He is the best. Oh, or, you're talking
0: like one for one. Well, I mean, oh, listen, all right. I see. I was I was under the impression it was like Alvarado and a piece.
1: Okay, yeah. Then yeah, Alvarado and a piece. Yeah, for for Trinan. Uh, that 100. Uh, that's a good idea. Or Alvarado and a piece for. Um Shane Green, who's the best, but, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, Mr.
1: Kennedy. No, but you know what I mean. So you're kind of on the on the on the same page that this might be a good opportunity to go out and try and sell Alvarado, right? Like this stuff yeah. listen, we're we're in agreement. This stuff is just absolutely ridiculous. He's he's got that uh, uh, Adovino caps break on his pitches, but these guys do come with injury risk, and Alvarado does have an extensive history of poor control. So I don't know if it lasts. So I would, I would say take the safe bet and try and package him with someone else for an Osuna or really reliable closer.
0: Yeah. I don't fault you for that, but I also wouldn't just give him away.
1: Agreed. But like you said, the first guy you threw out was was Trinan. So like, if it was Alvarado yeah, plus... Yeah, i
0: reach for the stars.
1: Okay, so like Alvarado plus Cahill. Do you think that'll get you shining?
0: No, right? Alvarado no, plus Palm? it's got to be more.
1: Alvarado no, plus Palm. No, it's got to be more.
0: No, it's got to be more. I, you would probably have to do...
1: Alvarado, Musgrove.
0: Yeah, something like that. Okay. And even then, it would be tough because... You got to remember, the guy drafted Trinan really paid up for him. Yeah, sure. I think you're I think you're like closer with like your Osuna your, your or your um Felipe Vasquez type. Mm. Um you know, maybe in that range is probably better. Because they're gonna they're gonna do what high end Alvarado would do. Mm-hmm. But they're just safer bets for it and they're less expensive than like the really, really high end guys. Okay. Okay, I want to talk about the Seattle offense. Um, Mariners have been red hot. You know, I caught some side eye on the pod for saying this offense isn't that bad. Cool for Um, who? And it's making me look really good. Oh well, you and Joe both were like this offense. What? (laughs) Pull the clip, Jamie. You were. You were both on about how bad this offense
1: was pat you have i think that you live in some kind of imaginary world (laughs) where you are always right well obviously obviously there was a
0: rapist (laughs) no but dude i what are you talking about i like the mariners offense oh okay all right well then then i made that up but joey maybe not me all right whatever Fun. Let's get back to the point. Go. So, so yeah, exactly. They've got Mitch. That's all they need. <laughs> he's been, he's been really good hitting either in the one or two hole Jay Bruce, who I talked about already has, has the third has three bombs already. Um, Tim Beckham has been surprising at the back end of the lineup. Um, you know, Edwin hasn't gotten started yet, but Edwin always takes a little while to get going once he starts to hit. Malik's, uh has come back from his spring training injury is sitting at the top of the lineup. There are some pretty good pieces here. Yep. And again, it's, it's sort of a show theme for me. It's the, it's, it was the bad team discount on draft day and it carries over into the season. Um, you know, Jay Bruce is unowned in a majority of leagues. Um, Edwin's off to a slow start on Seattle. You might be able to get him relatively cheap. Um, you know, Mitch is a guy that kind of fell in drafts as we got closer to um, draft season. He's a guy you might still be able to go out and get it. There's a, I, I think that offense has a pretty good shot to be, you know, above average through the entire year. And they're also an offense that really makes pitchers work. Um, you know, there is some swing and miss in that lineup, certainly, but, they're also a lineup that's got pretty good plate discipline. So they're going to make pitchers work. They're going to get into the team's bullpens. And uh, they're going to do some damage, I think.
1: Um, I don't know if they're going to do damage as far as what? Like winning games? I think that the offense is going to be good. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't think they're going to do damage because – the, 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 the rotation is is terrible. No no
0: no. I meant I meant offensively they can do some damage.
1: Oh, okay, all right. Uh yeah no I listen I agree. Um they've got some good guys. Uh I and I you didn't mention Healy I like Healy. Um, but the back end. Well,
0: block the- is another guy that like yeah. can take a block. Yeah. And make pitchers work. Well yeah I mean like that's kind of a reaction to the whole lineup right? It's yeah. like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 but. The whole is better than the sum of the parts. You know, like, it's just together, it makes it, it looks good. And you got D down there at the bottom of the lineup. He's getting on. He's running. So you've got, like, a decent mix of of sort of this eclectic group of players uh, that do different things. But it, it kind of all meshes together, and you can see how it meshes together.
1: I didn't have Kikuchi on my list tonight, but now I kind of want to talk about him because you broke it up talking about the Mariners. Um, But, yeah, through two starts, he's been excellent. He's faced the A's in the Red Sox. And, um,
0: <laughs> what? Never mind about the Mariners' offense. I'm going to
1: talk yeah. about Gucci. <laughs> yeah, it's my Gucci. I my Gucci. This guy has faced the he's faced the uh, Red Sox. He's faced the A's. He's looked awesome. He doesn't walk guys. The breaking stuff is excellent. Reminds me of Mada a lot, but with – he, but except that he's going to get the innings, and he's their ace. So um, it's a stable position for Kakuchi. But that's all I want to say about him. you like what you see so far?
0: Yeah, I like what I see, but I would sell because, again, it's the league adjustment. He's going to come for him as they come I, for all of them.
1: I disagree. Um, I think he's got – it's going to be a Miles Mikolas year, which is where he's going to pretty much cruise. Mikolas had a good full season, right? Hitting did he, did he get crushed in – with like the last month of the season?
0: No, he did not. He he, cruised, he right? was he was well. He didn't cruise. He got off to an absolutely ridiculous start. Yeah, and cool down a little bit. He cooled down a little bit, but he We're cooled down good. to like a mid threes ERA type level.
1: Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Anyway, so my next guy I want to talk about is uh, Wilson Ramos. So. We've been huge fans of Ramos for years and years. I've loved Ramos forever and ever. I've been a huge Ramos guy. And the reason is this when he plays, he's productive. Um, The injury risk has always been, it's just been really, really high. Um, He's the kind of guy that will get, suffer a minor injury and miss significant time. But right now, he's absolutely crushing the ball. And I truly think that he could. End the season as the best catcher in baseball. I really do. Um, his plate approach is ridiculous. Um, the Mets lineup is really good, and they haven't even really hit their stride yet. I mean, Cano has been okay. Alonso has been okay. Nimmo has been bad.
0: Alonso's been better than okay. Has he been a- been, yeah, Alonso's been like, well, I think he's got like nine. Oh, really? Yes. He's, okay, I, been, right. he's been really good.
1: Okay. Um, but Nimmo I know has got enough to a really slow start. Yeah, Nimmo's to a slow start. Cano has been he you know, good, not great. Um, but I th- and Conforto has been good, not great. I think that the Mets are gonna hit their stride soon. And um and Ramos is in a good part of this lineup. Right now he's batting four seventy four with a five hundred OBP. I know it's you know, only twenty at bats, but still I I just wanna bring up the fact that this is a guy that um, year after year is criminally underrated. This year, he his ADP was a bit higher than I would have liked. Um, Pat bit the bullet and took him in what approximately what, what round did you take him Pat? I
0: think I took him in round nine with four keepers off the board. So yeah, which it was is like round thirteen.
1: Which is nice because at that point, what are you choosing between him and like? Austin Barnes, like who are you really choosing between? Like there's not many other catchers on the board. I think
0: I took him, I think he was the first one of the, he was the second one of that tier. Okay. Um. So it was, you know, when Real Muto, Sanchez, Wilson Contreras was the third one, and then I got Ramos fourth.
1: Yeah, and then, so, so my point is, when you look at the top catchers that were going this year in Sanchez, who had big question marks coming into the year from last year, um Contreras who to me is just kind of overrated honestly um and and then you have Ramos who last year in 416 at bats he had that that's it that's almost a full season for a catcher he batted 306 he had a 358 obp um and uh, has major upside for power. I mean, the guy's a brick shithouse if you've actually like seen the guy. So I think that this year, right now, if you are the Wilson Ramos owner, just sit back and enjoy it because I really feel like the, the, the home run's going to come really soon, and he's going to be a big power and big average guy if he stays healthy. So from what I've seen so far, I'm just like, why didn't I take him in drafts? I was scared of injury, but you're the anti – you know, scared of injury guy and kudos to you because if he stays healthy now, you're going to, you're going to have without a doubt, a top three catcher, like locked up for cheap in the ninth round and a 40 in a 40 keeper league.
0: Yeah. He's, he, he's certainly been a, a, a welcome addition early in the season. Um, what's nice about what they've done with him is even on days where he's not catching, they've, been willing to use him as a pinch hitter. So you're squeezing a couple of extra at bats out every week and when volume helps, um, you're, you're right. The power hasn't come yet, but I'm willing to bet that it will come and it's going to come with a plus average for a catcher. So, I mean, I think there's upside. Let me ask you a question. I'm sorry to cut you off, but no
1: problem. So at this point, and, and, and this is why I wanted to bring up Ramos is that I think that he's kind of transitioning into um, like Buster Posey-esque territory where I feel like his batted ball profile has gotten better and his um, power profile has gotten worse. And I think that what he can be is like a 15 to 20 home run guy, but with like a 300 plus average. As as where like when he first came up when he was at the Nationals, I, I always felt like when if he had a full season and he'd be like a Gary Sanchez type of player. But I think he's kind of morphed <clears throat> into this really good, smart approach guy who's just gonna give you, you know, a really good average, really good OPS, some some home runs, but then good counting stats being on where he's batting on the Mets.
0: Yeah, I had him for the two eighty batting average and 20 bombs was my projection for it's That's really good. So, um, yeah, and I still think that he can carry that. So um, maybe maybe a little heavy on the power, but if you can get, like you said, somewhere between the 15 and 20 with 280 and he's going to hit five in that lineup when he's in there, um, he's going to be a very solid catcher provided health uh, keeps up. So, yeah, um, I'm with you on that one, obviously. Okay, well, let's. you mentioned Austin Barnes. Let's, let's talk about him a little bit. So, I mean, we got into a little bit of a tr- Twitter battle with Batflip Crazy, friend of the pod, um, Toby gave on, um, on Barnes. And, you know, we get to take the one-week victory lap because he's looked like the sleeper everyone wanted him to be last year. Um Playing time isn't going to be at the level of, of say, a Wilson Ramos, um, but he's going to get a majority of the starts behind the plate in L.A. He's got good plate skills. He can swipe a bag, full season levels. He's got 12 to 15 homer pop. Um, I, 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 And the lineup is obviously excellent around him, and he's also good defensively. So with health, I think he's a shoe in to – Land inside the back end of the top twelve at catcher, and he was a catcher that was going outside. Certainly the top twenty, but I even want to say the top twenty-five.
1: Hmm. Well what, 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 what was the argument? I just had a curiosity. What was Batfunk Crazy's grip with um Fort Barnes?
0: Um, I'm trying to recall. Because I think he was arguing. I think he was arguing that the 2017 was the outlier for him. And 2017 was the year where he played and was productive. And um, then last year he was arguing was sort of the return to normal. Hmm. And we all argued, well, no, the minor league stats indicate that Barnes has always been a guy with good plate discipline and, that he that last year was actually the outlier, and everybody's underestimating him this year.
1: Yeah, I'm. I, I'm actually curious to see anyone's argument to think that, you know, 2018 was uh, was where he should be because when you look at his entire minor league history, well,
0: from everybody. Well, apparently everybody had that opinion because all you have to do it, was it look at where no he was sense. going in drafts. Yeah, no, I, mean, I get it, but nobody I, was
1: on this guy. Well it's, because of, well, it's because of a couple of reasons. One, because last year, I mean, he's been overshadowed by Grandal. Um, I think that people might have thought that yeah, Russell won. Yeah, but that Watton-
0: didn't stop people in 2018.
1: Yeah, but maybe people thought that Russell – what do you mean didn't stop people in 2018?
0: Well, Barnes was going in 12-team leagues last year. He was getting drafted.
1: By, by me and you. But by other people?
0: Yes, he was going. <laughs> like, he was one of the – Popular, popular sleepers in in fantasy baseball at the catcher position. He was he was Williams Estadio last year.
1: So wait. So what's what's your point on Barnes
0: right now? That it's my point on Barnes is that he's been excellent this year. And and I think we were I think we were right. I think that no, I shouldn't say that. I'm I haven't seen it. One week into the season, slow down. Um, but my, but my point is, is that we're seeing Barnes display some of the skills that we thought that he would return to this year. And it didn't seem as though the market thought that the the market was, the market was a flat bat flip crazy. They, they. The market didn't buy Austin Barnes. They thought that he was terrible. Hmm. Like he
1: was last year. Well, yeah. Well, listen, I think we've all been in cahoots about Barnes. I mean, you look at the batted profile, that alone, I mean, he stands alone as one of the best catchers in baseball as far as that goes. Um, The other thing is, he could give you some speed, which also puts him aside. Like the batted profile, but the batted ball profile plus the speed puts him in a class of his own as far as catchers go, because he could possibly steal you five-plus bases, which five isn't amazing, but for a catcher, five extra stolen bases is a nice little number. Um, with the upside of stealing more, because I, I think he does have speed to go go a little bit more. Um, as far as the pop goes, yeah, that might not be a, a crazy number. He might not eclipse 15, but listen, if he goes... 12 and five right let's just say 12 and 5 which is extremely boring in a full season um I still like him for a really really good ops because he walks a ton doesn't strike out he's gonna get you a healthy average he's gonna help you in every other statistical category except for those two um so'm I'm, I'm completely on board with a guy who went free and i I think that he's gonna run away with his job uh, Russell martin's not gonna, not gonna compete at all and I completely agree with you. Barnes is Barnes is awesome. It's just, it's tough. Last year, he was in and out of the lineup. Um, it was very, very inconsistent. Grandal played well. And now he's at the job. And I think he's going to run away with it and be very, very, very good. The ADP was excellent on Barnes this year. My next guy. So I, I want to bring this guy up because I'm really curious to see what you think since you were anti Luis Castillo. Um, it's only been two starts, but he's been excellent. Um, what are your thoughts on Castillo going forward? Are you have you has your thought process changed on Castillo as, at all? Is my question. Considering second half last year and the first two starts this year.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I saw, I saw the Twitter explosion you know well if you take if you look at Castillo from July 7th and you factor in his two starts this year he's this yeah well you know if you take arbitrary endpoints but then anything-
1: yeah no 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 whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. this is this is from July this is a, a full second half and and it's carried into two starts this year so
0: Again, if you take arbitrary endpoints, you can make statistics say pretty much anything you want. Yeah, but there is no there is no significance in July seventh. So, listen here. Here's here's my here's my thing on Castillo. Has he looked good? Yes. Did he look good at the end of last year? Yes.
1: Is he good? Also.
0: He also, he also displayed what most would consider to be good skills in the first half last year, and he got pummeled. And the reason why he got pummeled was, I think, command. Um, I admittedly haven't watched him close enough to say the command has taken a step forward or the command has not taken a step forward. Um, I will endeavor to tune into his next starter two and let you know, but the, that's the thing to me is, is, is he still, is he able to put the ball where he wants to put it? Or is he missing his spots and guys are simply missing when they're swinging? Um, At the end of last year, I thought it was the latter. I haven't, like I said, seen enough of his two starts to turn around and tell you whether that has changed or not. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Chris Paddock, who has absolutely no problem missing his spots. Um, My dynasty shares are – uh, shining bright, Paddock has elite fastball command um, and sits in the 93 to 95 range. up great curve is uh, flashing, plus, and developing, but honestly, he doesn't really even need the curve because the fastball is so well-commanded, um, especially given the fact that he's NL in a plus park. Um, you know, I, I just think you have to take the ride with Paddock. Uh, um, much like with some of the other young players that we've talked about, um, you know, you may want to throw him out there in the next couple of weeks, provided that he continues to produce, and I suspect that he will. Um, especially because he is a pitcher, and unlike the hitters, he's um, going to probably get shut down at some point. Um, we don't know what the innings limit is going to be for him, but he threw under 100 innings last year. So if you're venturing a guess, you could probably bet he maxes out around 140. And if that's the case, you're probably looking at a shutdown sometime in what, Nick, if he stays healthy mid-August? Um,
1: I don't know. The Padres? Are going for it, so they might be a little bit longer. Um I don't know. I think you could go a little bit longer than that. Maybe maybe he might I don't know. He might pitch, pitch a full season, to be honest. They might just like skip him every now and then. The Dodgers did that in the past too. Where, maybe. where instead of like shutting him down, they'll like s- skip him and then this way he's good for the playoffs if they make the playoffs.
0: Okay, but, but even if he gets skipped during the season, where do you think his innings total um, ends up? I think like 140-ish. Yeah, so we're in the same ballpark. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I have no reason to believe that Paddock will not be um, a extremely productive pitcher and return value on his draft price. Um, you know, uh, this is a pitcher that I've liked for quite a while, Um one of my dynasty cheat codes is target the guys that are productive and then go under the knife for Tommy John because they come back and um, everybody seems to forget about them. And how, did then, you, how did you
1: get Paddock, just out of curiosity?
0: Oh, Joe yeah. and I traded – no, we traded Trevor Cahill last year in August. <laughs> and Chris Paddock. What? In yeah. dynasty? Yep. How did that pass? Oh, well, there's no vetoes. Oh, my. Yeah. No vetoes. Okay. Well, that's – okay. What kind of league are you in? Well, most leagues don't like the veto, but that's another conversation.
1: Well, that's, your, that's uh, insane.
0: Yeah, we, we got a pretty good deal on that one. But, yeah, I, I mean, I love Paddock. I, I think that he's going to be a fantastic rookie pitcher this year. Do you have any thoughts on Paddock?
1: Yeah, he's – in my opinion, if he stays healthy, he's the next big thing. Um, uh, the future is bright. I, I him and Honeywell, I think, are the future, uh, like top guys in the league. And the next years are in Kershaw. Um, it's just a matter of time. It Paddock has to stay healthy, but not only is he see like a- absolutely his command is absolutely insane, <clears throat> and the stuff is ridiculous. But like, he's the funnest guy to watch in baseball. He's just an absolute character. So, I love him.
0: Yeah, with his cowboy hat. Yeah. Um, (laughs) All right. Do you have anybody else, Nick? Uh, Yeah, I'll finish
1: up with Nick Castellanos. So, um, I'm going to bring him up because he's gotten off to an insanely slow start. And he's criminally underrated year after year. This year, again, his ADP was a lot lower than it should have been. And he gets the Tigers discount. So, this is the kind of guy that, like, Me, I'm like pouncing in the weeds waiting for. Um, You've got a guy like this. You've got a guy like Abreu who I was hoping would have gotten off to a bad start, but he's got off to a good start. Um, Guys with low ADPs, like with really good value that get off to slow starts, you need to jump on. So Castanos is one of those guys where in a lot of the drafts, he kind of just kept slipping and slipping because people, I don't know, they don't buy the pedigree. They don't buy the team. Um, maybe they're not buying the breakout last year, but I certainly am. So I think it's a good time to go out and buy him. So far this season, he's had, he's got zero home runs. He's batting sub 260. He's got a sub 750 OPS. Um, he doesn't look so great, but I think that there's some interesting players on that team. Um, I think Detroit's they've been winning ball games and they're sneaky good. If if Miggy could hit a little bit better, I, I kind of not that I like the lineup, but it's better than it looks on paper, than it did in spring training. Um, so I would go out and just throw some feelers out for Cassianos um, because I don't think the person that took him paid too much for him and is probably at this point like oh, this, this guy is just boring and vanilla when really I, I think he's the exact opposite. I think he's a guy that could you know, could advance on what he did last year and not just hit for average, but take a big step as far as power goes and be a 30 home run bat and also hit, you know, 285 plus. So um just throw some feelers out on Cassianos. I like the fact that he's struggling right now.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a hitter that is gonna hit for a 275, 280 type average. Should hit for about 25 bombs. And even if you're not nuts about that Detroit situation, I mean, he's on the last year of his deal. So come July, he's probably getting dealt somewhere. That's a better situation. And the run production should improve from there on. What would be a good Um, landing spot for Cassie? uh, That's a good question. Um, Let me think about it. Yankees? the Yankees could make some sense if the injuries. That's what I'm saying.
1: Uh, I was thinking that right away, like because Atlanta it, makes some sense. Atlanta definitely makes sense. So, like, my point is, if if you think about the teams that could use him, um, the Mets, the Mets, obviously, like if he so if he cracked any of these teams, he'd be automatically the top of the lineup. So, um, maybe not the Yankees, but. Uh, I just think the upside is there with Cassie. And I think it's a good time to go out and try and see what you could offer for him. Like maybe take one of these prospects that got off to a good start or one of these pitchers that got off to a good start. Like a, like a Kikuchi is a perfect example. Um, he's at he looks great. He's got off to a great start. And I think he's going to be good this year, but Castellanos in my opinion is an all-star with, with, with extremely high upside. And I I don't think we've even seen the the upside yet. Uh, I would say, like, offer a a guy on Kikuchi's level for a Castellanos.
0: Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah. Okay, my last guy is going to be Cole Hamels. Um, I watched his start all the way through. Um, To me, I I thought he was getting squeezed quite a bit. Uh, And it was one bad pitch, and the start was pretty much ruined. But I like what I saw. The location was good. Uh, Velo is sitting ninety-two, ninety-three. Um, not going to be a stud, but you know I said it before the year. I think he's going to be a really good stabilizer, and you might be able to get him at a good price. Um, I know his next start I think is at Milwaukee, which is obviously not ideal. So that could be another bad start, and if that's the case, that could be an ideal time to buy. Um, you know, people hate old men. <laughs> he's he's old and boring, but uh, I you think he's. I think he's shown enough that uh, in his time in Chicago that you know I, I I suspect that he's going to be pretty good, and it was all systems go as far as I could tell. He just got stuck with a bad umpire, in my opinion. Uh, who was this again? I'm sorry, Cole Hamels. Oh, Hamels. Okay.
1: All right, so you're 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 like in the buy. I'm holding
0: steady, and yeah, I'm buying him if I can. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm gonna finish real quick. This is gonna be a brief one, but go out and buy Brandon Morrow right, right now, people. Um, he was the closer coming into the year. Obviously, he got hurt. Strop has gotten off to a slow start. Morrow should be back within the next two or three weeks. And he's going to take that job right away because Stropp is getting hit left and right, and there's really no one else in that bullpen. I mean, Carl Edwards got destroyed tonight, Um, and, uh, you know, Morrow was pretty consistent last year when he was healthy. So uh, he's on the DL, and DL guys get a really nice value. Go out and try and buy him because when he does come back, he's – where would you put him? Top what? Top 20? When yeah, he,
0: when healthy. Yeah, because he's got significant re-injury hit risk.
1: Significant re-injury, but when he's healthy, he's quality innings. And, and oh yeah, through.
0: absolutely, one hundred percent.
1: So yeah, so I just I like the buying opportunity on Marrow right now. I'm getting I'm getting a lot of offers for him, and I like the the idea of going and buying him.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the fact that the, the danger was stroke comes out and steals yeah. the job. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Not happening. He looks terrible.
0: And um, while, we're, while we're talking about injury, guys, let me just throw one out there as well that's coming back. Uh, Gregory Polanco um, has been playing in minor league games. I believe he's played back-to-back days of seven innings. Um, so he's getting closer to going out on quote-unquote formal rehab assignment. So he might be back before the end of the month. Um, he obviously was a swing change guy last year. Um Coming back from off season surgery, and it might be time to scoop him up if you have the moves <laughs> and the DL. That owns Polanco and Belt right now. What? The, nothing has changed. Nothing no. has changed. No, and Brandon Belt has home runs in back-to-back games because he just rules in April. Oh man, he was free. <laughs> I understand, but it's, it's just funny that I
1: feel like we've owned, we've been talking about belts since tw- two thousand and eleven, w- and you've owned Polanco every year since like two thousand and twelve. It's just, it's just funny.
0: Well, last year was the uh, quasi breakout from Polanco. So,
1: well, Polanco, I mean.
0: When he comes back, too, he's probably right in like the two or the three hole, right? Yeah, he's gonna hit right in the middle of that lineup. He's gonna he's gonna hit somewhere between two and four. Yeah, El Coffee, he's the best. He is. The um, best. Okay, so that's gonna wrap it up for us, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back in some form or fashion next week. You can find me on Twitter at Patrick FWO.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I. Jack has reinstated me, and I am now just not posting anything at all. I'm just watching and I'm reading, and maybe I'll post something if if someone follows me, if I get a new follow at random, and I know it's one of you guys, then I'll post something really interesting. I promise. <laughs> It's the worst cell job in the yeah. history of cell jobs.
0: Yeah, and on that note, <laughs> don't, don't follow we'll see, don't follow him and we will see you next week. Goodbye.